A few years ago, my friends and I were arrested for hunting a werewolf. It started when about a dozen of us were out by the lake having a bit of an impromptu party. There was a full moon out, the weather was great, and so we decided to go down and have a swim in the lake on the property next to mine. I know that trespassing right up front sounds bad, but the property had been abandoned for years. No one had seen anyone on it in decades, and we'd been going down there for a long time without any trouble. The lake we swam in was a couple miles away from the cabin, and the road up to the cabin was completely overgrown and had dead trees and logs falling across it. So yes, technically we shouldn't have been there, but... We were the ones who maintained the area around the lake anyway. I bet if we wanted to deal with the paperwork, we totally could have filed and had land adversely possessed around the lake. Anyway, we were down there having a good time swimming in the moonlight when one of the women said she thought she saw someone watching us from the woods. A couple of the guys decided to go over and check it out. We walked around behind where we thought they were so we could sneak up on them from behind. Trying to walk as quietly as we could through the brush, we slowly made our way over to where we thought they were hiding. We smelled them before we could see them. It was a thick, slightly rancid odor like an animal pen mixed with a hint of the sickly sweet smell of rotten meat. I picked up a stick off the ground so I wouldn't be completely unarmed when we confronted what we assumed was going to be a crazy dude. As we got closer, I could make out a silhouette crouching down behind the bushes, still staring over at the rest of the group swimming in the lake. We were about... 20 feet from him, I called out, Can we help you? There was a long, silent pause as the three of us stood there waiting for him to respond. We watched as he slowly stood up to his full height. It was hard to tell from that distance in the moonlight, but it looked like he was wearing some sort of thick, fur-covered coat. The figure, he must have been almost seven feet tall, slowly turned towards us and growled at us. I realized we probably should have brought something more than a stick off the ground before confronting a crazy person in the middle of the woods, but at that point it was too late to change anything. I heard Chris call out in a shaky tone, Hey man, why don't you just move along? Things started slowly walking towards us, and the closer it got, the less I thought the furry silhouette was a coat. His whole body was covered in fur, and the face looked like he had a slight snout. Either it was the best costume I'd ever seen, or this wasn't just some dude in a costume. I was starting to panic. I could feel the tips of my fingers starting to tingle from the adrenaline. I glanced over at Jim and Chris, partially to see if they were even still there, and partially to see if they were as scared as I was. To my relief, they... They were both of those things. I could see saliva dripping from the thing's open mouth, rows of bright white teeth, more bang than human. It did a half lunge towards us. The three of us jumped back. Well, Chris and I jumped. Jim fell backwards and let out a little bit of a scream. The thing made this sick sound like a (sighs) sort of thing like it was laughing at us for flinching 
As Chris helped Jim back on his feet, I stepped forward to get in between the two of them and whatever that thing was. I had that stick raised up to swing at it if it came towards us, as much good as that was going to do. It responded in kind, its hands spread wide, ready to slash at me with its black claws. The beast lunged forwards towards me. It all happened so fast, I, s- I swung at its head as hard as I could. The stick glanced off without it even flinching. It grabbed me and lifted me about a foot off the ground. I could feel its claws digging into my shoulders. I stared into its eyes as it watched me. Its lips were pulled back. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a human smile or a wolf baring its teeth. I helplessly kicked at it with my legs without any effect. It was just holding me there, watching me fruitlessly struggle to break free from its grasp with its sick expression on its face. After a few seconds of desperate exertion, I went limp, resigned to my fate. I felt its grip tighten as it opened its mouth wide, preparing to dig in, when all of a sudden Jim and Chris jumped into it from behind me, knocking it onto its back with me falling on top of it. It howled in pain, tossing me off of it and scratching at its chest, writhing on the ground. I only made the connection later, but when I had fallen on top of it, my my sterling silver miraculous metal must have brushed against its skin. We didn't wait around for it to recover. Chris and Jim helped me up to my feet, and then the three of us ran back to the group as fast as we could. They must have heard the commotion because all of them were standing on the shore staring over towards us. Without taking the time to explain, we shouted at them to run. We must have been convincing because they didn't ask any questions. Everyone broke out into a full-on sprint back towards my house. Jim, Chris, and I stayed behind them, urging them on and watching over our shoulders to see if the thing was following us. We all made it back to my house safe and sound. Well, we made it back to my house, grabbed our car keys, and then we all drove over to Jim's place. Once my wounds had been dressed, they were really only superficial. Washing them out hurt more than the wounds themselves did. I pretty much immediately just crashed on his sofa. I guess Jim or Chris must have filled everyone in while I was asleep because when I woke up, the guys were already working out their plans to hunt that thing. I filled them in on how the thing had reacted to my metal, but they were already way ahead of me. Obviously, they weren't sure if this thing played by the rules you see in fiction, but they figured there might be some truth to them, and better safe than sorry. They had gathered the silver boolean bars one of the guys had and had started the process of making silver bullets out of them. Chris was big into loading his own ammunition, so he had the casts for 357 and Buckshot. We spent the afternoon making silver bullets. Ben and Jim had shotguns, Chris had a 357 revolver, and I had my trusty lever action. A revolver, pump-action shotgun, and a lever action weren't exactly optimal werewolf hunting guns. I'd rather have carried my AK or even, and it pains me to say this, an AR, but the only bullets we had were shotgun loads and 357 Magnum, so that's what we were going to have to deal with. We floated the idea of going to the authorities, but there was no way they were going to believe a story about a werewolf. We knew that if 
this was a werewolf and not just some monster, we'd probably run into trouble trying to justify the vigilante justice. But we were willing to accept that someone had to do something about it, whatever it was, werewolf or dumb monster. We we were all prepared to face the repercussions for our actions if it meant dealing with the problem. We got to the lake a little before sunset. The thing had left pretty visible tracks where the claws on its hind legs had torn into the ground. They led away from the lake deep into the woods. The moon was brighter than the night before and one of the guys had a thermal scope with him so we had moderately high hopes we'd be able to find the thing. Unfortunately we uh, lost the tracks pretty quick. They slowly got less and less pronounced, presumably from the werewolf turning back into a human, I guess. The excitement started to fade after we lost the tracks. After a couple hours of walking around the woods without really seeing anything, people were starting to lose their motivation. We were starting to debate about going back to the lake and hanging out over there to see if the thing turned up when Ben, he was the the one with the thermoscope, stopped in his tracks. He whispered to us that he had seen someone and they looked big. He swore he had seen a large figure dash past his view and while he lost track of it, he was pretty sure it wasn't human. It was too fast, too big, and wasn't running like a person does. The danger of what we were doing hit me all of a sudden. This thing was clearly more capable than we were out there in the woods. We could see pretty good in the moonlight, sure, but this thing certainly had better night vision than we did, and it was clearly faster than we were. The only real advantage we had was numbers. We made our way over to where Ben had seen it, and sure enough, there were the same sort of deep claw marks in the ground we had seen over by the lake. If anything, they looked bigger and deeper than the ones by the lake. We followed the tracks for a pretty good while until we heard a howl coming from behind us. Somehow it had gotten around us, and it sounded like it wasn't that far behind. I don't think we were the ones doing the tracking at that point. None of us, not even Ben with his fancy scope, could see it, though. As soon as we started heading towards the direction the sound had come from, we heard another loud howl to the left of us. The thing was toying with us, leading us around in random directions in the woods for who knows why. After changing course a couple times to follow it, we ended up deciding it would be best to just stay still. Wait for it to come to us instead of following wherever it was trying to lead us to. It seemed like a good plan until about 20 minutes later when the night suddenly got a lot darker as clouds blocked out the moon. We could barely see anything in the dark. Ben had his thermoscope, but the view on it was pretty narrow, and without the moonlight, none of us could really make anything out. We heard it in the woods circling around us. Ben caught glances of it here and there, but it was too fast for him to keep track of. If it was trying to scare us, it was it was certainly working. We shot into the dark whenever we heard it step on a stick or snarl, but without the moonlight, we didn't really have any hope of hitting it. I couldn't figure out why it was just running around us instead of attacking us head on, until I heard Jim ask Ben for some more shells. It dawned on me it was, it was trying to trick us into burning through our ammo. 
I almost shouted out to tell everyone to save their ammo, but then I realized that thing would certainly hear me. If it knew we were onto it, it'd, it'd probably attack right then with the moon still behind the clouds, or at least change its tactics somehow. I decided to let them keep shooting and save my own ammo. Once that thing thought we were out and made its move, I hoped I could catch it off guard somehow. Slowly, one by one, people stopped shooting. After a minute without anyone firing, I called out louder than I needed to so I could make sure the thing heard me, that I was out and asked loudly if anyone had any ammo left. Silence. Everyone was either out or they had caught on to what that thing was doing. I could hear as the thing started to circle us slower and slower. After a couple minutes, the thing stopped moving, or at least I couldn't hear it. I asked Ben if he saw anything through his scope, but he whispered back that he had lost track of it. I told the guy, stay sharp, that it's waiting for the clouds to pass. I had no idea if that was true, but... I felt like I had to say something before people started to really panic. We all strained to listen as hard as we could, waiting for the thing to attack us. When the moon finally came out from behind the cloud cover, someone cried out, Over there! and pointed into the woods. We all turned and saw the beast about 15 yards out, slowly walking towards us, growling. It looked bigger than the night before, and... Its wolf jaw was more fully developed, I guess. It was coming from the opposite direction I had been facing in our little circle, so I couldn't really get a clear shot through the group. While I was trying to get around them so I could take my shot, the thing let out a blood-curdling howl and started to charge towards us. Chris fired a shot from his revolver, missing, but at least he had saved some ammo. Before I could take my shot, the thing had closed the distance between us and grabbing Chris tossed him against a tree with ease. The thing grabbed Jim by his arm and swung him to the ground behind it as his bones made a sickening crunch. I fired at it, missing. I fumbled, trying to work the action on my rifle as it lunged forwards at me, shoving me backwards onto the ground. Ben swung at the beast with the butt of his gun, but all he got for his efforts was the beast wrenching the gun from his hands and swinging it against his skull, making a dull thunk as Ben crumpled to the ground. It walked forward, stepping on my chest and slowly applying more and more weight. It felt like my chest was about to collapse. As I felt one of my ribs cracking, I fired up at it, shooting up through its left shoulder. It let out this horrid scream and clutched at its wounded shoulder with its right hand, with its left arm just hanging limp at its side. Black foul-smelling blood rhythmically gushing out from the bullet wound. It raised its foot to stomp on my chest, but before it could finish me off, I heard another gunshot ring out. Dark blood started to seep out from a hole that had appeared in its gut and splattered down onto me. I tried to roll away, but my muscles ignored my command. I heard another gunshot. I don't know if it hit the beast or not, but it, it howled out so loud it hurt my ears. And then getting to its feet, ran back into the woods on all fours. I think I was in shock, but I managed to chamber a fresh round and get to my feet. I couldn't really 
feel my hands or my arms or my legs for that matter. But they were moving, so I must have been fine. I looked around at the others. Ben was laying on the ground. He wasn't moving much, but he looked like he was breathing still, at least. Jim was laying on the ground where he had fallen, curled up into a ball, holding his broken arm. Standing a couple yards away, leaning against a tree, was a bloodied Chris, blood running down from what looked like a broken nose, his revolver in his left hand, his right arm hanging limp at his side. Chris helped the other two patch themselves up as I kept watch, my rifle raised, ready for the beast to come back and finish us off. They tied a splint around Jim's arm, and after a few minutes, Ben managed to recover enough to stand, though... He was a bit dazed, and we were pretty sure he had a concussion. Jim luckily knew how to help Chris relocate his shoulder back into its socket. Where that thing's blood had splashed on my skin, I had these chemical burns. We rinsed the blood off the best we could and then bandaged them up with some gauze. We were a pretty sorry-looking bunch at that point, but we were all still alive. I asked the group if we should pursue that thing or cut our losses and head back. Someone pretty quickly pointed out that, for all we knew, that thing would ambush us on our way home anyway. Ultimately, we decided, perhaps a bit foolishly, that we were going to finish what we had started. Chris and I each had a couple shots left, and we found one unused shotgun shell on the ground. Ben must have dropped while he was trying to reload. After we had caught our breath, we followed the trail of pitch black blood that thing had left. You could see where it had killed any plants it had dripped on. After about a mile, we came to a clearing, the main clearing, where the old abandoned cabin was, actually. We could see a trail of dead grass where that thing had bled as it made its way up to the cabin. We decided we'd wait till dawn, only about an hour away at that point, before we made our move. We kept a careful eye on the house, making sure whatever, or whoever that thing was didn't flee when we weren't looking. It dawned on me that at the time we weren't actually sure if the thing was a werewolf or not, so we didn't actually know if it would revert back to a human once the sun was up. I kept that concern to myself, though. No point in scaring anyone more than they already were. Waiting for the sun to come up felt like an eternity, but it wasn't that long in actuality. As it started to rise, we split into two groups. Ben and Chris were going to take the back door, and Jim and I were going for the front. We slowly made our way to our respective assigned doors. When Jim and I were about ten feet away from the door, shots rang out from inside the house. saw a small crater explode into existence in front of me as a bullet impacted the ground. A loud voice from a megaphone shouted at us to drop our weapons. I dropped my rifle and put my hands up. The front door swung open and out came about six armed men wearing unmarked black bulletproof vests. They shouted at us to get on the ground and after we complied they very roughly cuffed us and brought us back into the house where Chris and Ben were already being held. I don't really remember what they said. It was all happening so fast and honestly after everything that had happened that night their words barely registered in my mind apparently we were being arrested for some sort of plot against the governor we sat through a few minutes of these vague legal threats that 
didn't make any sense until a sickly, jaundiced-looking man came out from one of the bedrooms. His torso and shoulder were wrapped in bandages, but you could still see the black, spidery veins running out from underneath. He gave us a devilish grin. A grin that reminded me of the first night when the beast had lifted me up and stared me down. He proceeded to tell us he had been planning to watch some local wildlife down by the lake before he had been interrupted by some important business. I don't think he thought we were going to believe him. It was like he was just playing his part in some sort of game he thought we were doing. Looking at our injuries, he commanded the officers to uncuff us and make sure they had a medic look over us. After our wounds had been properly looked after by the medic, the governor pulled up a chair in front of us. He said he was sure this was all just a huge misunderstanding. He'd make sure all the charges were dropped as long as word didn't get out about any of the events that we might have thought we had experienced. And if we made sure our friends who had been at the lake the other night didn't spread any nasty rumors about anyone so close to the election. Up until now, we've all kept quiet about what we saw, but I don't feel like it's right for me to be completely silent about it. I don't have the guts to be any more specific about who it was that we met, but these sorts of monsters are out there, and I hope that this at least reminds people to be careful out there at night when the full moon's shining. <laughs>